Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you today as you join us. Thank you so much, and I pray that this will be a blessing to you. I'd like to draw a few thoughts today from 1 Thessalonians again, and we were in 1 Thessalonians 2 in the last few episodes, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, really the whole chapter picks up from chapter 2 to some degree and is a is an encouraging chapter for them and gives comfort in spite of their trials and afflictions their persecutions what they are facing remember they were facing persecution and death and yet he is commending them he is encouraging them he tells them in chapter 3, basically, expect trials and afflictions. Expect persecution because we are called to these things. As was our Master, as was our Savior, the Lord Himself. And we are not above Him. Even Jesus Himself said that. So Paul says that we can expect trials, afflictions in this life. We can expect persecution. We are not of the world, and the world hates us, and the God of this world hates us. So he says we can expect these things, but he gives them overcoming words in chapter 3 and encouraging words that we are to overcome, and we are to be holy and blameless in spite of trials and afflictions. And so he fills that chapter with those encouraging words to tell us, yes, we can still be holy and blameless in spite of those things. Then in chapter 4, he is drawing near the close of this particular letter that he's writing to them. And so he begins to focus on some very key things. One of those is his plea for purity in their lives and in their lifestyle. In verse 1 and 2, for instance, as a matter of fact, let's just read several verses from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. So Paul is reminding them that he has already taught them how they are to live as a Christian in whatever times, whether they're times of plenty or times of lack or persecution. As a matter of fact, when 
Many of us love to quote the scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The context of that verse is speaking of being able to live in plenty or being able to live in lack. Paul is saying, I've lived in both and I can do either as God will strengthen me through Jesus Christ. And so Paul has taught them while he was with them how to live as a Christian. So now he, in his letter, is reminding them and he tells them, you got to keep on living exactly like I told you how to live, exactly the way I taught you. Now, this is very important because Paul was all about the preaching of the gospel, but he did not stop there. He was all about the making of disciples. He would tell people so they could get saved. And once they got saved, he wanted them to know how to live in a manner that pleases God. He wanted them to know how to live as a Christian because he had an eternal view in mind. We talked about that in an episode earlier where Paul was all about the making of disciples because he had in mind the Bema seat. He wants to see every Christian come to maturity. And so do I and others that are doing this good work for our Lord. It is our goal to help you learn, to help you grow as a Christian, to help you come to maturity and be faithful and hear him say, to you, well done, good and faithful servant. So Paul has taught them. He discipled them. And now he's reminding them and he tells them, you've got to keep on living exactly like I taught you how to live. And instead of shrinking back, you got to increase. Do these things I've taught you even more and more and more. Live for Jesus even more. Be more intense about it. Be more intentional about it. Be more faithful. Be more conscious of how you live and of the name of Jesus that you bear to the world. Be more attentive to your walk and do these things even more and more and more. And so then Paul goes on and he hones in on a couple of key points. So he clearly identifies these points. You know, a lot of times people say they want to know the will of the Lord. They want to know what is God's will for my life. Well, many times when people say that, they're talking about where should I work? Should I get married? Should I not get married? Should I go to college? All kinds of other things. And those things are very important. And God cares about every one of those things. And you will always find all the principles, whether it's through direct words or principles in God's word to help you know how to live in this life. Everything you need for life and godliness is found in the Word of God. So you always want to go to the Word of God. But here in this verse, verse 3 and so forth, in this chapter, Paul tells us one of those things that we don't have to wonder about. It's very clear what the will of the Lord is. He says, it is the will of God, your sanctification. That word is talking about purity or purification. It's the cleansing of the old stuff out of our life and the separating of ourselves to God apart to him. It's talking about moral holiness, separating from the world and its ways 
destroying those, killing those things, and no longer looking to them, no longer desiring them, no longer participating, being separated from the world and its ways, and becoming more like Jesus in all of his ways. This is a day-by-day progress and process as we, too, are his disciples answering his call to follow him. This is a part of the process of following Jesus. It's learning to become more like him. And we have examples of that in the disciples, in the Gospels. You see them, and they screw up many times, and they speak when they shouldn't speak, or they say things they shouldn't say, or they do things. You had James and John wanting to call down fire on people. And Jesus had to correct them. And he said, you don't know what kind of spirit you're of. You had Peter trying to tell Jesus, no, I'm not going to let you go to the cross. No, I love you too much. We're not, we're not going to let you die. And Jesus had to rebuke him. So it's a day-by-day progress and process, just like it was in the Gospels with the disciples as they were following Jesus. We too are called today to follow Jesus And God wants us to be holy and pure before him, separated from the world and everything about it, its old ways, its desires, its lusts, all of that, separate from it, and becoming more like Jesus in all of his ways in a day-by-day process. And Paul identifies here, he says specifically, your sanctification includes... Absolutely no sexual immorality anymore. You may have been enthralled with that in the past. You may have been involved in various immoral things in the past, but no more, no more. Your sanctification now does not include any of that. You are now to live pure lives free from sexual sins, thoughts, etc., No uncleanness in your life, body, thoughts, or otherwise. But rather, but rather, self-discipline. He says everybody should learn how to possess their own vessels in sanctification and honor. So Paul teaches here, self-discipline, restraint, overcoming your fleshly desires. How is this done? Well, one way we find in the scriptures, Jesus tells us how to do this. And it's found in John chapter 8. Jesus was speaking to the people. And I want to pick up the reading in John chapter 8, verse 30. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you Abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jump down to verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, Jesus tells us here that when we believe in him and are his disciples part of that, is abiding in his word, knowing the truth. Knowing the truth keeps us out of error. Knowing the truth keeps us free 
knowing God's word. We got to abide in the word. That's your freedom. That's your ticket to maintaining the freedom and purity of life that Jesus wants us to have on a day-by-day basis. Abide in his word daily. Read it, study it, memorize it, think upon it, pray it, declare it daily. Praise be to God. Because once you know the truth, it's the truth that sets you free by the Lord. And when the Son sets you free, you can celebrate Jesus' victory. You can remember his victory in setting you free because he said, if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. That means it is absolute solid fact. It's reality. You do not ever have to return to those sins again. You are free. You are free from that old lifestyle. Jesus set you free. And you are free indeed. You do not ever have to return to it again. So this is one of the ways that you maintain that freedom and can celebrate it and walk in it like Paul is talking about. So you become more and more Christ-like on a day-by-day basis. Remember, Paul is telling them, possess your own vessel. We are to possess our own vessel, meaning our own body, our whole self, not just the body, the mind, the soul, the spirit, the thoughts, the emotions, the desires, the will. We are to possess it through self-discipline, possessing our own vessel to and for God now in sanctification, separation to God and for him alone and in honor. In other words, live for the honor of the name of Jesus that we bear. We are called Christians. We bear his name. We are called believers. We believe in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross that paid the debt for our sin. And we are his followers Live for the honor of the name of Jesus that we bear. You know, people can have a very good name. In my family years ago, my daddy, my mama and daddy both had good names. People knew them. People in the area knew them. And even to this very day, when their names are brought up, there's always a good remembrance of them, good comments that are made about them. And so as I grew up, Especially when I became more of an adult, I began to understand how important it is to make daddy proud. I was, I was born with a good set of parents. I was born into a good name in our family. And so I need to not shame that name, but rather to help and to continue the legacy of the honor of the name that I wore before I was married, the name of my family. And so it's similar to that. We need to make Daddy proud. We need to make Abba Father proud by living to the honor of his name, the name of the Son of the living God that has saved us and set us free. We need to shine his glory. We need to live free of fleshly appetites that are unchecked and undisciplined. Paul says, not in passion, but rather 
overcoming those things, possessing our vessels in honor, in sanctification and honor, separate to God alone and living for the honor of his name. And Paul tells us in verse 7 and 8 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the reason is because God did not call us to uncleanness. He didn't call us to just go back and and live any way we wanted to and, and bring shame to his name. He didn't call us to live that way because we are not representing him when we live in uncleanness, when we live in sexual immorality, when we live in impurity and unholiness of any kind. But rather, he has called us in holiness. I want to stress this for a moment. He called us in holiness. Paul uses the Greek word for in here, which means it's talking about in something, in the fixed position of. In other words, my point is, Jesus called us out of impurity, and then he put us in a position of now being purified by the washing of his blood over us and washing our sins away. So there's a positional purity that he placed us in when he called us and saved us and called us out of impurity. And in that position of holiness, God has called us to remain In other words, in that same position, in holiness, we are to remain, we are to stand, we are to walk and grow. Don't leave the holiness, the position of holiness he called us to and placed us into, did it for us, to become impure again. Jesus cleansed us from those impurities. He's saying, don't leave that Don't become impure again. But the danger is if we don't heed this, Paul says here clearly, those who will reject this are rejecting God himself, the one who gave us the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit working in us that brings us to continual cleansing, to continually growing more and more like Jesus He's the one who does the sanctification in us. Our part is to cooperate with him. He provides the continual cleansing as needed. We just need to cooperate. When we've done wrong and he convicts us, we repent. When he's teaching us, we listen and we obey. Our part is cooperation. Paul is telling them in this section, Keep up the walk of faith and purity more and more and more and more. Everything he taught them to live by and to live in a manner pleasing to God with, they are to keep doing it and to do it more and more and more and to make sure that they don't leave the good position of holiness that Jesus called them into, nor forget its importance in their Christian life and their lifestyle. Beloved friends, these are words for us to live by today as well. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future messages brought to you through Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.